0: What's up you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to another fabulous, might I say, guest episode of Two Degrees Hotter. How's everyone doing?
1: Yes. Hello everyone. Happy Tuesday or happy whatever day you're listening to this episode. And like Anya said, we have a really exciting guest episode today. We are joined by Maddie and Sammy from Girl and the Gov, both the
0: uh, the platform and the podcast, dare I say. Yes. So Girl and the Gov is a digital media company built around flipping the world of politics on its head. So they specifically target Gen Z and millennial mm-hmm. women to educate um uh, mm-hmm. everyone on politics why it's important how to get involved they even brought up the idea of a uh what do they call it politics pregame pregame in politics yeah yeah so they're just doing the most fun stuff to get people involved and we had a really great conversation about you know their background starting girl in the gov and also just how to have conversations with people that might have you know politically different views than you how to stay politically informed All of those really important things. So honestly, I feel like they were just really funny to talk to you. Like I feel like we vibed quite a lot. And I know that you guys will like this if you like our show. So stick around and give it a listen. Yes, for sure. Completely agree with everything you just said. And this
1: is a bit of a longer episode because like you said, we had such a great conversation. So if you want to grab a snack, a drink maybe, go on a nice long walk, uh, just buckle
0: in. Here we go. So before we do that, let's jump into our segments, starting with the week in review. So if you guys were around last week, you probably heard from Kylie that I was not here. Kylie Mm -hmm. did a solo episode. And that is because I was getting back on stage. Um, So for those of you who don't know, I'm part of a sort of like post-grad, like, adult dance company here in Boston, and this was my first season with them, so it was my first time being back on stage since 2019, late 2019, so it was really great. Obviously, the circumstances, like, weren't as ideal as... (laughs) They, as we all hoped they would have been by January with COVID and everything, but luckily, you know, we're many days out from the shows now and luckily I don't, I haven't heard of anyone getting sick, which is really great. We all took like really great precautions. However, not to expose my boyfriend's medical, you know, circumstances on the podcast, but I'm about to do that um my boyfriend grant got covid last week so Ooh, tomatoes that tomatoes, was a tomatoes. really yeah literally tomatoes that was a really um awesome stressor to add to an already really hectic week um and i you know i wouldn't be so light-hearted about it all if he wasn't like completely fine obviously yes. i know covid is a very serious thing and it can really affect people but luckily for him it was literally just a cold um and we're also really lucky that He has his family's cabin to go to. So, Mm -hmm. the second that we basically found out he was exposed, I low key exiled him. I don't feel like (laughs) a great girlfriend for it, but I had to do what I had to do. Um, So, he did not spend the week here, he was up there. um, And, you know, I stayed. Stayed negative, felt positive the whole nine yards. <laughs> um, but I will say the only reason that we were able to really confirm in the moment that he probably had it was because we had ordered some of those at home rapid tests from the state of Massachusetts when they did that. Mm-hmm. And as we speak, today is the day that the like actual like U.S. government website was launched. Yeah. So I'm like, who knows if it'll still be up and running a week from now? The whole thing might have crashed. I wouldn't be shocked, but. Yeah. Um, We're going to link it down below in case you haven't seen or heard of it yet. So you can get four at-home COVID tests for your household. So definitely order that if you haven't already. But yeah, I would say that's a summary of my week. It was really great to get back on stage. It was really scary to have COVID in my house. (laughs) But here we are on the other side and excited to be back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm glad that Grant's COVID scare was a minor COVID scare and that you are doing fine. I think you got the best – if you're going to have a COVID scare, those were, like, the best circumstances to have them in. For Mm -hmm. sure. Besides the show being that week, of course. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, for my week in review, I'm just going to be honest, besties. My mental health has not been the best. I think a lot of it, honestly, does have to do with COVID and the fact that things have gotten pretty bad um, and just trying to navigate – how to behave, and what to do, and how to keep myself and my family safe. And we talked about before those feelings of, am I overreacting? Am I underreacting? Like, what the hell is going on? This feels like 2020 all over again, but, like, I'm sick of this pandemic. So I had a bit of a mental breakdown. Um, And if I'm being completely honest, like, I think to sum up my feelings, I have just been feeling very lonely, um, very alone, very isolated, very just lonely. Um, And it's been very, very hard. And I've had a lot of moments where I just like, I don't know. It's really tough being young, being single, like thinking that this should be the best time of my life to just be going out with friends, going out on dates, like doing all this, falling in love, like, and it's just not happening. (laughs) Um, And I'm just watching my life pass me by. And I think a big detriment for me and my own mental health and all of this, aside from the pandemic, uh, has actually been social media. And this is the first time in my life that I've ever felt very consciously the negative effects that social media can have. Um, but it got to the point where I was looking at people's Instagram stories, trying to figure out, like, okay, are, like, are people going out? But I don't think I should be going out. But, like, what is going on and what are people doing? And, like, trying to, like, justify any of the feelings that I was feeling at certain times and comparing my life and my circumstances to the, what, 5% of other people's lives that you get to see on social media. I was comparing my whole life to that. And my TikTok feed, unfortunately, just, like, and my For You page ended up getting curated to being, like, all dating horror stories, which was spiking my anxiety. Or all, like, couples being, like, really, really in love, which, like, was making me feel super bitter and lonely, if I'm being completely honest. No shade to, like, if you're in a relationship and happy, but when you are single in the middle of a huge COVID spike, it sucks. (laughs) And I don't mean to, like, be super pessimistic or anything like that, but... I don't know. I have to imagine that I'm not the only one that feels this way and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. So, I wanted to talk about it. You're not alone. I know and I know I'm not alone. Like when I say that I feel lonely, I'm not saying that I don't have anyone. I do have plenty of people in my life that love me, but it's just been hard. So, I'll keep it at that. I don't want to, you know, be too pessimistic and like ruin the great guest episode that we have coming on. But I'd be lying if I was like, oh, like I just had like a chill week. Like it was totally fine. Like, no, I had a really tough week. Um, And you're not alone if you're feeling that way because it sucks. It's not fun <laughs> to be in this position.
0: <laughs> no, definitely. I feel like where you're at this week is like where my mind was at a couple weeks ago when I talked about yeah. like my COVID anxiety. Um, And it's so hard because I feel like not to sound like I'm invalidating your concern about like being in your 20s and everything, but it is interesting because I feel like you could almost talk to like any age group and yeah. they would say the same thing. Like I remember I talked to my grandparents about it, like back in 2020, like when this was kind of first starting, and I remember them being like, "Imagine like the like the final years of your life being spent like this." And then it's like you talk to like young parents and they're like, "Oh, like the first years of my kid's life are being spent like this." Like everyone has like major milestones and moments that they're missing out on and it sucks that you know it has to be like what should be like the most fun time for us but I don't know I just think it's like everyone's feeling that loss and I'm I know like that never makes anyone feel better to be like everyone feels the same way you do but like I don't know I've been thinking about that a lot lately it's like if there was an age for this to happen like what I don't even know what I would pick you know what I mean because it's like at least at this point like we still have our whole lives ahead of us and like hopefully this won't be forever and it yeah <laughs> like, but I don't know yeah. it's just it's it's so tough <laughs> and yeah your feelings are very valid and also TikTok has a way of like figuring out what you're anxious about and like pushing exclusively that content too, because I had the same thing happen recently and it's not not it so yeah
1: so I am logged out of my social media and I have really no intentions currently uh to log back in because it just wasn't doing me any good um, and I just don't feel like I'm in a place where I can handle that again. Um, and something I talked about in therapy today, my therapist validated that it was a good idea to log out of my social media.
0: I was like, thanks queen. Um I got and a, a notification that was like new login detected from somewhere like in your town. And I was like, what is oh, this? That's funny. But I guess it's because you <laughs> logged out and had to log into post maybe. I don't know was, yeah, but Yeah, I don't know. Um, but another thing I think I will say, and something that my therapist talked
1: about, because, um, you know, obviously for me, as you can imagine, I think the issue that all of this is really magnified, or I shouldn't say issue, that's not what I mean, but the place of improvement in my own life that's been really magnified during all this is on, like, the love and dating and romantic side of my life. Um, and something my therapist said, and it's kind of to your point, is that, like, okay, that's what you're feeling. That's what's magnified for you. But I promise something else has been magnified in everyone else's life. And it's yeah. easy for me to sit here and say, well, I wish that it was my career issues that were magnified because at least I wouldn't be lonely. And then she was like, okay, but then you would be stressed and burnt out and all of this. And I promise you, you'd be saying, oh, I don't care. Like, I would rather be lonely than burnt out if you were in like those other shoes, if that makes sense. So I I- I'm glad you brought up that point because it, it's important to keep that perspective. And I don't know. It literally has to get better. Like,
0: there's there's no way that it
1: can't get better. Yeah. So that's what just what I keep telling myself.
0: I will also say, like, I was trying to describe this to you before also. And I don't love that this is the case for me. For me but I almost feel like seeing the first person that I'm really close to in my life actually get COVID mm-hmm. as, like, scary as it was, like, I almost feel like my anxiety in general is lessened because I'm like, it happened. Like, you know, like I've had so much anticipation around it happening and I'm like, okay, it's happened and like we're on the other side and like, yes, it was stressful and scary and things could have been a lot worse than they were, but like it happened. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's an interesting thought because like I never want to be like careless or like naive to like the fact that this is a real thing and like people are dying and it's obviously terrible, but I almost yeah. feel like. In a way, seeing it happen to someone close to me and knowing that like life can go on if you are like in a privileged enough position where that is the case, like I, I feel a little better in a weird way. Yeah. I don't know. I have mixed yeah. feelings on it.
1: But No, um, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. And this know. is also coming from the perspective of two people who are vaccinated and boosted, which again I exactly, think is yeah. just a huge like if you are not vaccinated or boosted at this point, first of all, there's no way you're listening to our podcast because you'd probably find us insufferable.
0: But well, and like just generally case. young and like healthy and not immunocompromised. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot of things in our favor where like yeah. we know that even if we got sick, we would be okay. And that was the case for Grant. And I saw it all happen in real time. Um, and obviously that's not the case for everyone, but like, I don't know. I haven't really like fully formed a thought on this. So I'm like, maybe (laughs) I'll come back next week. Yeah, literally. I'm like thought loading, but maybe I'll come back next week with like a more um, astute like summary of what I'm trying to say. But yeah, somehow seeing it actually happen, it's almost like a weird relief. I don't know how to like, I don't know, but that's how I feel. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, not to be a
1: bummer. (laughs) Yeah. But that's life, man.
0: Let's move into our favorites. So I have two quick favorites this week. The first one, you guys might've seen this. I think for the first time I saw it on TikTok, not to say the T word for our friend Kylie, that's off yes. social media or <laughs> the TT word. Um, so it's the Bud Light Seltzer's hard soda. So it is weird cuz it's under like the Bud Light Seltzer brand, mm-hmm. but it's like a new line that they did. So like, you know how they have like the lemonade, the hard teas, whatever. Now they have the hard sodas. And oh my god, they're so good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kylie tried one while she was here um a couple days ago and I I think okay, so it tastes it's obviously still 100 calories. It's obviously still like sugar-free, like it's all the things that seltzers are. So there's got to be some like sketchy stuff going on. There's some aspartame in there like there's some science going on behind the scenes. So I to me it tastes like any like diet soda. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, or like no, a zero, like a Coke Zero, you know, something yeah. like that. Like it's not like 100% this taste of the original soda, but like it's pretty dang impressive. I no, got it's to good. say. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. It's really good. Um so they have a classic cola flavor, a cherry cola flavor, a like lemon lime, which is basically Sprite, and an orange soda and I just thought they were all very spot on. I don't think it's something that you could like drink a ton of because obviously they're very sweet. Like, but I just thought it was great. So I feel like if these are still like a thing in the summer, I can totally see this being like my boat drink of the year. So big fan. Definitely pick them up if you see them. Um, And then my other favorite is the new season of Queer Eye. So I don't even know what season they're on. I don't know either. It just came out, like, I think at the very end of 2021, and they're in Austin, Texas this time around. And I just feel like Queer Eye is the most, like, wholesome thing ever. It just always makes me feel better. So I'm like, Kylie, watch some Queer Eye. I know. That's what Um, I'm thinking. (laughs) It literally always makes me feel better. There was one episode this season, um, if you guys have watched it, it's the one where he owns, like, the – um what is a crawfish like restaurant you guys would know if you know you know um <laughs> the like, and i literally cried during it like it was so just like wholesome and like i don't know i just freaking love queer eye so if you guys don't know what queer eye is i think we've talked about it before but it's basically a netflix original where five uh gay guys make over i was gonna say straight guys but that's not even the case anymore they yeah, really make no. over anyone now and they'll have like a specific focus area so one's like fashion one's home one's like food so It's just, like, the best, like, most cute, like, well-produced thing ever. So if you ever need, like, positive vibes or, like, to feel better, it's, like, such a pick-me-up. So highly recommend the new season. Uh, Yeah, I should watch some of that after this to make myself feel better. (laughs) Um,
1: What I shouldn't watch, but what I have been watching, is my favorite, which is Euphoria. Uh, The Girls That Get It, Get It Euphoria is, in fact, an anxiety-spiking show, um but season two is back there as we're recording this there's two episodes out i believe when this episode comes up the third episode will have been out and the
0: show is just a freaking masterpiece it really is is i have such fomo about have you seen the first season no because like i don't have hbo max and so i just don't know how to watch it girlie i Um, will give you the password (laughs) no seriously can you because i've literally been looking for ways and um my whole tiktok feed is so like euphoria and I feel like I'm getting spoilers and I'm like I haven't even watched it like who are these people but I feel like I know all their names like I really I mean I want to watch it so bad so yeah and endorsement they
1: these opinions shouldn't be spoilers really uh because I think you'll form the same ones or you'll see why I form them as soon as you start watching but I am in the fuck Nate Jacobs but love Fezco clan um I would lay down my life for Fezco and that's just fact. But Nate Jacobs, he's the one played by Jacob Alordi. So he's so attractive. It's unbelievable, truly. I've seen
0: his, yeah, his character.
1: But he is vile. Um, that's just the truth. But he says it and I'm like, oh my God, you're so hot. And then I'm like, no, Kylie, stop. <laughs> stop it. Focus. Uh, but yeah, it's so good. The cinematography, the soundtrack, Labyrinth. Yes. Kills
0: it. Kills it. It's so good. I have forever on my uh, choreography playlist. So
1: nice. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. Though I will say this is not a show for everyone. Number one, do not watch it with anyone that you share any DNA with. If you're related to a person, <laughs> don't watch this show with them. When I say nudity, like you're thinking, like, oh yeah, like I've seen Game of Thrones. No. It's like pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's worse than game of thrones when it comes to that um so yeah just like be conscious of who you're watching it with who can see your screen i wouldn't recommend binging on public transit you know Mm -hmm. um also it deals with drug addiction it deals with domestic abuse it like basically every every trigger warning that you can think of Mm -hmm. they probably do talk about it um so it's definitely not for everyone if you don't think that sounds like something that would be helpful to your journey skip it it's very good but your mental health is more important than a tv show but if you think that you can handle it so highly recommend it so good
0: can i actually borrow your h2o h2o hbo max yes <laughs> i already gave it to emily to watch oh, the wait. Show, so. how many people can be like logged in though i don't know we can find out yeah, no, because I really want to watch it, and I was looking up if they have, like, a free trial or anything, and I don't think that they do, so. Yeah.
1: I don't even know how we have an account, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I feel like I just woke up one day, and someone was like, oh, I'm watching this on HBO
0: Max, and I was like, oh, I didn't know. Maybe that I'll ask my parents. I feel like my parents have a lot of random yeah. subscriptions, but I, yeah, I want to watch it really, really bad, so. It's so good. Glad you liked it. Sounds well, so like it, because it still comes out once a week, right? Yep, every Sunday. Wow. I saw this um TikTok where someone showed they lived in, like, I guess like a high rise of some sort where like, it was kind of like the floor to ceiling window situation, you know, the drill and they kind of showed like this hallway that they could see like another building and it showed like six different apartments in like that one uh, view. We're all watching euphoria. Like you could see oh, it, that's all the colors and stuff on like, you know, cause it's like a very specific aesthetic. Like it yeah. was pretty obvious that. Yeah. So. Cool. But yeah, that's it. That's it for my favorite. Well, let's get into this episode with Girl and the Gov. We're so excited to chat with Maddie and Sammy, and I know you guys are really going to like this episode, so let's get into it.
1: All right, so moving into our main episode segment, we are super, super excited to be joined by Sammy Cantor and Maddie Medved of Girl and the Gov. So just to tell you... If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through.
0: That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasti in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv For Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode.
1: Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators.
0: Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down.
1: Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators
0: are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton.
1: It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with.
0: With their subscription based model it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more.
1: They have products for every type of period from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups.
0: Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste reusable and lasts up to 10 years. Plus the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it.
1: We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the
0: planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women- and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode.
1: the guys, a little bit about Girl in the Gov. Um, it is a multifaceted digital media company built around flipping the world of politics on its head and contracts. In contrast to politics as usual, Girl McGov the Gov generates sustainable interest and understanding of today's political landscape amongst a hypercritical demographic, targeting millennials and Gen Z, aka our listeners, um, mm-hmm. Two groups known for their opinions but not their voter turnout. They educate young people on politics today while connecting them with one another and their community through three active channels, bespoke events and interactive podcast, Girl in the Gov, the podcast, mm-hmm. and active digital channel. So we are super, super excited to welcome Maddie and Sammy to the show, especially because they were actually on our shortlist list of people that we wanted to have on the podcast when they reached out to us so it was like such a divine timing moment so how are you sammy and maddie
2: good you just nailed our elevator speech (laughs) that was was great
3: seriously like we're gonna have to have you on like we have business meetings just be like excuse me um
1: um, i just sneak in i sneak in all the zooms i'm like hey everyone
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally Love it. Well, yeah, like Kylie said, it was the weirdest coincidence because I swear I've sort of been keeping an eye on Girl in the Gov for like over a year now. And I sent her the podcast Forever Go and I was like, wait, these would be such cool guests. And we kind of keep this like calendar of like ideally when we would want to reach out to people and whatever. And like your date was like weirdly coming up and it was such a like weird universe moment when we got the email. So, so happy you guys reached out. So glad we can finally have you guys on the show. And Obviously, love everything that you stand for. I was actually a partial poli-sci major myself, yes. so I love loved what you guys are doing. Love to see um, it. And just so that we can kind of get to know you, get to know your background, can you talk a little bit about where each of you went to school and what your majors were?
3: Yeah. As the older one, I'll go first. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Seniority. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the way we'll, we'll throw it to, to the wind on it. But I went to Lafayette College, which is in eastern Pennsylvania, Sometimes people in Louisiana think we're talking about them. We are not talking about Lafayette, Louisiana. We've had some people like over the years literally sign up for like Lafayette College Rush thinking that it was like Lafayette, like from like Louisiana. Oh, so wow. just to like clarify, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's a great school, but different one. And I majored, I double majored in government and law and anthropology and sociology, which is like a mouthful, B, like they need to work on that. And C, I literally had a business card in college because I would like worked in admissions and it took up two lines like that's when you know it needs to get a little edit so probably should have just been government law but you know stay loving
2: yeah I went to LMU in LA it's loyal and i and I studied poli sci and had a minor in journalism so yeah I am
1: nice Sammy it's funny that you bring up how long your major was because I also share in that pain I was an English major with a concentrated concentration in writing and mass communications and a specialization in journalism and professional writing oh my god God. (laughs) so I just got I don't know about you but I got in the habit depending on who I was talking to I was either a communications major an English major or a journalism major I was like I'm not gonna spit that all out for you it depends on that that all on a resume (laughs) um you know really small font Uh, (laughs) And again, depending on the job that I was applying to, I was like, maybe I'll really bump up the English side of my degree or the journalism and professional writing
2: side. Totally.
3: So I feel you. It makes it so hard. I so okay, so weirdly at Lafayette, they make they combine anthropology and sociology, which like without going into like the deep weeds on that stuff, like, arguably, they're two totally different like vibes and two different like, studies for whatever reason, they put them together, and I, like, didn't take really any anthro classes. I only took, like, sociology classes, so it's, like, just such BS, and I'd be, like, I can't put this first. Like, I know it's alphabetical, but, like, it just, (laughs) it's not it. It's a lie, but it, like, also just is, like, not working, so sometimes I'll just drop the anthro, and I'll be, like, yeah, just throw the sociology on there, and that, like, kind of works, but, like, my god, like, as if I need any help, like, talking more, (laughs) and then this just prompts (laughs) me to do it. I was, like, this is
1: Literally. Make <sighs> majors shorter 2022. Oh, <laughs> Here yes, my <laughs> um, so we are really curious not to pivot away from college majors, but how did the two of you meet?
2: We met on Instagram. Um Ooh. <laughs> classic just DM situation, actually. Um Sam was just kind of like mass following people on Girl in the Club one day during the pandemic. It was, like, it was July of 2020, I believe, right? And Mm -hmm. um, her follow led me to go, like, check out her page. And just that mission was, like, actually something I would think about all the time and just kind of in the idea of, like, possibly starting a podcast and what I would do would be, like, a kind of more fun just political resource for people because I would, especially during the pandemic I was like watching CNN with my parents and I was just like this sucks (laughs) like they everyone here sucks um and there's nowhere for like young people to really get this information um in a digestible way so I've always thought about that and then when Sam connects with me like the mission whatever in her bio and just reading more about it I was like whoa like this is exactly this major universe moment like we mentioned and um, ended up like just kind of doing a deep dive on her, stalked her a little bit and then slid into the DMs and just told her like, if she needed help on the West Coast, let me know. And then I kind of like sat on it for a little bit and I was like, you can't do events right now because of COVID. Have you thought of doing a podcast? We hopped on the phone for an hour and two strangers on opposite coasts <laughs> decided to do a podcast together and the rest is fully history. So <laughs> there it is
3: wow yeah
0: talk about shooting your shot I love it (laughs) exactly modern
3: friendship
0: (laughs) yes that's
3: That's amazing and Maddie's always like I'm such an introvert I'm like no you're not you literally dm'd me you dm'd this random person (laughs) on the internet and was like hey like basically like want to start this additional like business branch like okay (laughs) okay Shy my ass thank you (laughs) hilarious
0: Amazing. Um, One question we always like to ask people is what is one thing that they're really glad that they did while they were in college and one thing that they regret or wish they had done or hadn't done?
3: I feel like this is like one of those ones where it's like could go on so many different avenues. (laughs) But I really think that I wish I cared like a little bit less. Every parent wants to kill me with this comment already, (laughs) but like cared a little bit less about my academics because- It really did nothing for me. I know that sounds like really ridiculous. Like, obviously, I didn't learn things. You know, some of the courses I took were interesting. No, like, hate on that. Still think they're important to a degree, for sure, to get the degree, literally. But, like, I didn't get a job because I had like, a certain GPA. I didn't get a job because I was like, let me tell you about this paper I wrote in this random class that, like, was a part of some random class debate. Like, no, like, that was never... Any any discussion. And now that I've been on the hiring side for, you know, not just girl on the gov with our interns, but also for companies I've worked at previously, we never even looked at that stuff. And I just feel like it was one of those things where like adults always told you, like, this matters so much. And I'm not saying don't care, don't put the effort, in, don't learn to be a hard worker, but like it's not going to make or break your entire life, your entire career, whether you get an A minus or an A. Obviously, there's exceptions for things like if you're going into like the medical field and whatnot, obviously. Ignore everything I just said, but like Mm -hmm. for like, if anything else, like have a little bit of fun, pay attention, honestly, more than anything, my recommendation is like get involved with organizations and start networking in that way. And that's going to be so much more valuable that people person connection than like, you know, a few random grades from some old like snory professors. (laughs) Again, every parent's going to want to kill me, but
2: (laughs) I would agree with that Um, and just get a bunch of internships. That's something I wish I did more of. I played D1 soccer and that was like my entire world. And so I didn't really care about academics um, or internships. I only cared about my sport and like in retrospect and like once I was done with my last season, like nobody really cared anymore. So I wish that I kind of had a little bit more of a balance of looking into my future a little bit more and just like stacking up all those internships. Cause I think in my job search, you what Sam said, like extracurriculars and internships are what people look at. It's not always like the GPAs and, and the classes you take. So I would back that up in a, in a different way, but yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like in hindsight, looking back at college, as long as you went to class and like did the assignments nine yeah. of the 10 times, you've probably got to be at least. So it's like, and that's probably, and that's coming, I went to law school for a year. So that's someone who also like you, Sammy, was very focused on academics. And now in hindsight, I'm like, "Eh, I probably could have just like gone to class and done the (laughs) assignments. I been fine. Um,
0: You did this for what?
1: I'm like, I put myself through that for what? It's okay. (laughs) Um, Speaking of plans changing, uh, how have your guys' plans changed since graduating, especially with the pandemic and just sort of the really tumultuous years that we've had in the past
2: oh man I think both of us have some stories there I my mind have changed so much the one thing that's been a constant though is that I've always knew I wanted to like work in politics or just work somewhere to have some type of social impact um and that was that's always been a constant like since my freshman year of college I knew I wanted to do something in that realm so I've stuck with that um for the most part but I've kind of had been up and down, been through different jobs and unemployment periods and everything. And my
3: um,
2: one of my jobs that I had was on a presidential campaign back in 2019, and it was a really big opportunity that got me so many political connections, really set me up for like whatever was going to be next. And um, I didn't really. It took me a while to get there, and ultimately, co- the the campaign ended. Uh, two weeks before the COVID lockdowns happened and mind you on a presidential campaign you're working like at least the last few months of it. like you're working like seven days a week so uh, I was ready to take a break anyways but the break ended up being much longer than anticipated <laughs> due to COVID Um, and that kind of sucked because I was really excited for like to hop on something new right after because the campaign really set us up with like job opportunities after that. But then once COVID hit, obviously those just like fully disappeared. Um, So I just kind of took the time. Like I was one of those people in COVID lockdowns with like not even working from home. Like I literally had nothing to do. I was painting and tie-dyeing and playing tennis and like just doing as much as I could to stay busy. But yeah, and then ultimately that summer, a few months later, connected with Sam and we decided to really go after the podcast and ultimately now you know a year plus later going after a lot of different things with the same mission and just continuing to grow um growing the gun so i never anticipated being you know building a business or doing anything like this but um still working on that constant which is like working in politics which is what i've always been passionate about so it's been a roller coaster but ultimately doing this was not expected but like i'm so happy and excited about it
3: it's really been awesome yeah I feel like it's just so weird like looking back like thinking about like almost what your younger self would have been like thinking about where you are now like I genuinely have no idea if I were like asking sophomore year in college me like what I would expect myself to be doing and I have no idea what I was thinking like I really don't like I'm like can I have like a little time travel moment like go back but like I think overall, I always knew I wanted to lead on something. I don't know if I knew what it was. Actually, I know I didn't because like I literally, I talk about this all the time. But my first like business idea was like literally like writing a book about like all your exes and like shit you like learn from them, which like ended up like not going very far because my friends and I could like literally only think of like one thing. and it was like iffy at best. I was like, you guys, it was nice. It was like so like well thought, but just... Eh. Fortunately, none of our ex-boyfriends are like nice enough for like them to get a book about them. But
2: (laughs) or to teach you a valuable lesson.
3: Anything. Anything. Anything but break up with them. But regardless, I was like, wait, but like I like the creative process and everything in my old jobs, which were in PR and marketing in that capacity, really did teach me I like that element of it. Just needed there needed to be some idea. There needed to be something that popped up that like made me actually pay attention. Had to be something. This is the one thing I did know that was also a constant, was that had to be something that like even when I'm like tired, I'm still interested in it. Like mm. I'm going home at the end of the day, you know, quote unquote, and I'm like still looking up an article about that topic. And so I know for like other things I did, like I, you know, come home from work and be like, oh my god, I literally never want to see that again. And I was like, that's not a right fit, right? Like yeah. there's something off about that. So I knew there was always going to be a pivot to this like sort of other side. And I think COVID really opened our eyes I don't think I'm the only one in this bucket but of being like okay like what are the priorities and like I had started this before COVID but you know there's so many things going on you're like I feel like a little bit like cogs in a wheel and you know you just can't get off the the carousel right like you just are like sort of stuck in it and so I think COVID really like slowed us down and like figured like okay like what really matters like what am I paying attention to like yeah. what like am I giving my energy to and what is like worth it at a certain point? And like, luckily, like Maddie and I like connected and like, we're able to like really take this to like another level and are still doing so. And it just, sometimes the universe just works out and like pushes those pieces together. And that's sort of like where we're at. Totally.
0: I love that. I also love the Grey's Anatomy quote. I don't know (laughs) if either of you watch, but what is like the carousel keeps spinning, whatever that season was. Is that where I got um, that from? And, like, your subconscious is, like, Stop. unearthing ABC oh, family. I also,
1: that, that. Um, book about axes is very Carrie Bradshaw of you. I don't know if you're a Sex and the City no. fan, but I was like, okay, I Carrie. Always,
2: I always tell her she's literally Carrie. But yeah, she, I love and, it. like, her style and the way she just, like, hits the West Village, New York City out. Like, she's major Carrie I vibes and Work and it. The, I love
3: it. Life.
0: Don't even get her started on the Dating <laughs> life. and Ooh. the Chronicles. I might need a solo episode. Yeah,
3: A whole saga. Oh, my God.
0: Um, well, I also really like what you said about, like, the being excited about it thing. So I feel mm. like that's such a simple, like, notion to be like, oh, do you like what you're doing? Like, does it interest you? But yeah. it's not something that people often, like, step back and think about. So I feel like that's a good framework for people to, like, rethink the situation that they're in and be like, do I actually like this? Would I read about it when I'm tired? Like, who
3: knows? Totally. Um. I would and I'll that with like one little thing and that is that like any job will have like a component you don't like like there are right. things that we have to do as like running a business where like you're like oh god I have to deal with this this is so annoying like it's so exciting to file taxes I'm like <laughs> literally just dying to do it like no like obviously not like I'm not an accountant very purposely so there's going to be something but if the overall goal of it makes you yeah. excited I think that's like the the team right. there. You the know? mission. Totally. Yeah. And, and kind of speaking
0: of like your political experiences before we get more into Girl on the Gov, I guess I'm just curious if you could give us a little more background for like your political like awakening, I guess I would call it. Like at what point did you kind of get interested in politics? Did you have like a politics routine in college? Were there any like news sources you liked to read or like I guess what was the what was kind of the background there? Yeah, I...
2: I don't have like a certain I would say catalyst but um I mean in early schooling and high school or whatever I always was interested in like US history and it might have like started there um because I really am just like athlete not a school like girl by any means <laughs> so but that was like the one class where I was like always really interested to learn about um, and then my parents like when they would you know talk about politics they weren't super engaged but Um, when they would, like I, I would really be intrigued by it. And then for some reason, like I ultimately kind of just tied some of those things together. And when I went to school, I immediately declared my major as a freshman for poli-sci and I didn't look back once it was like the perfect decision for me. And it really actually made me enjoy school and like for the first time really ever. So, um, from there and like going through, um, all my classes and through college, it just continued to solidify for me like this is something I'm actually passionate about which was always tough to figure out especially with like soccer always being the number one priority like to like to worry about okay what's next was always stressful but like I kind of had this awakening in college of like oh no like I want to do this this is actually a passion of mine so it was kind of gradual and I think the it mainly really solidified for me in college with all my classes, which I really loved, which was wild. But not a personality trait of mine.
3: <laughs> Sometimes you just like never know, you know? You never know. That's, mine is like really different. I well, yes and no. Let me let me backtrack that a little bit. Like I would say very similar in the sense that like, you know, I wasn't necessarily like in a family where like everyone was like overly engaged, but my parents were definitely chatting about it. They were definitely into it especially like political comedy like oh my god that stuff was like everywhere the fuck george bush mints were like all over my house they still are well my (laughs) parents last house they're in storage so god help where those are like Just always a saga, and I don't know if there was, like, an awakening moment, but I think I have always felt like I wanted to have an opinion about it, and let me tell you, I'm sure I had some wrong opinions. Let's just, like, anyone's out there, you know, trying to be like, "Uh, yeah, Sammy, you said blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm sure I probably did, because middle school, me, was, like, out of hand, (laughs) including the moment that I stood up in front of my entire class and called George Bush an Asshole. So, like, I think (laughs) it just started. You there. know, it started there. <laughs> I, I would say that is like the pinnacle of like that moment for me. I don't know if I would call it like an awakening more than anything besides that I was like, I have an opinion and like here I am in like one, two, three, let's go for detention. But like as I like got towards college, I was a little bit more in like the eye of like pre-law and that and I just like realized like in there I was like, yeah, I like I love learning, but like I don't like learning in like sort of a traditional sense, like more experiential learning. And so like yeah. that just didn't I was just burnt out on it. I just was like, you know what, let me take a break. Let me take a step back. And so I think that interest though never die. You know, it never was like, okay, like, just because I'm not doing that track doesn't mean I'm not interested. And I think, you know, originally I was like, maybe I'll do political PR. And I thought about like so many different levels of it and just had to really, you know, work my way back into it and sort of back ended into, you know, Girl on the Gov. But in terms of like, a political routine. I don't know if I like really had one. Like I wish I were like, Oh my God, I was like so on it in college. Like I really, I hadn't, I don't think, you know, I did outside of, you know, reading, you know, New York times, wall street journal pretty frequently, but like not in like a way where it was like, okay, like every day, like I'm checking this off like, you know, normally now, obviously it's literally our job. So we're like very checked into it, but it's like, okay, Monday is like, I know like catalyst 20 newsletter coming out. I'm going to check that. I'm going to see some action items. Then like Wednesday girl on go of the podcast comes out. Okay. Going to listen to like these experts talk about X, Y, Z, you know, I feel like I'm more aware of like the resources out there that like can keep me engaged and keep like some sort of structure to it. And there I was like, I know. So, you know, it shifts, it changes. Yeah.
0: No, I can definitely relate to that because like I mentioned, I was also like a partial poli-sci major. So I was uh, political science and environmental studies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like when you're so in the weeds about it, it's like you almost don't want to know more. Like you're like, I just finished my paper on like the parliamentary system. Like I don't really care to like read more about this stuff right now. Um, But it's funny because it's like obviously the most politically – interested people that join the major and then it just burns you out by the end. No, with, like, that's all the so concepts. funny. Yeah. <laughs> even the,
2: the concept of like a political
0: routine, I think mean, that's so interesting. And like, I
2: actually have never had one, I guess, because yeah, in college it was my classes. And then after my classes, it was like, I already got my political fix. I don't need to keep going. And right. then now that I'm like, and you know, post-grad been working in politics, I've, you know, continued that trend of like having it be my day. So I don't need to like keep it going. Um, And it's, yeah, I mean, that's just so interesting to think about and how to incorporate a political routine. I think it's also just so hard, you know, being younger and trying to find what works for you politically. And that's the promise of Girl in the Gov and trying to like fix that and be a resource for people to have a political routine. Um, But I think that's been missing for so long for so many people.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Step one, girl in the gov. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And also, Sam, I thought it was so funny what you were saying about like elementary school and middle school. And like, I love that they would do like these mock elections for us. But at the same time, I'm like, whatever happened to the secret ballot? Like we were really out here like tallying on the like whiteboard, everyone's vote. Like
3: (laughs) it was absurd. Like (laughs) There were like honestly like some wild things. Like that one and two, just even some teachers that were like, absolutely bananas like I'm still yes. like how did you guys keep your jobs like some yes. obviously amazing teachers out there too but like I really think about it sometimes I'm like how what that just not make sense but say lobby.
1: I will say I think George Bush is an asshole needs to be the next girl on the gov
2: merch launch just like okay, a just sweatshirt yeah George Bush is an right asshole thing. And, and neon you sign
0: yeah <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> for our like headquarters office one day that'll be like what you walk into so that'll be like in the lobby
1: I love it. With the fuck George Bush mints on like the reception.
2: There's tons of those ready to go for anybody. Love it.
1: Uh, Well, speaking of Girl on the Gov um, and getting more into the weeds with that, could you guys talk a little bit about the founding of it and what inspired you to start the company?
3: Yeah. Oh, God. What what a circus. I'll, I'll just put it that way. But sort of in that process of always wanting to start something, you know, I think that was always in the back of my head. And then, you know, we had 2016 and then 2018 came along and 2018 was a midterm election. And I think after that, I was really like, OK, well, people, you know, so many people had like 2016 political awakenings. And so I just kind of assumed that everyone did, you know, and assu- assumptions are obviously a very dangerous situation. But I did. And I like assume my friends were registered to vote. They were going to vote in 2018. Like, let's like at least make change where we can, et cetera, et cetera. And through so many different conversations with my friends, I was like, wait, you guys aren't registered to vote. Like that was sort of like the discovery. I was like, oh, that's not great. That's fixable, but it's not great. And those conversations prompted me to ask more questions. And those questions were, of course, you know, the why, what, what is stopping you? I give the preface of most of my friends are like, econo- were like economics majors or they were like engineers. So like really different side of the brain. At least for me so like you know we're talking like totally separate things and so for them they're like that's like me like telling you like to go build a bridge like we have no knowledge of this entire subject so it's really scary for us to like even dive in because we literally have no knowledge of it and don't even know where to start so I was like I understand that premise," and so I use sort of like that issue to think about okay well how could I like kind of trick them into liking this how can I trick them into learning about it where it's like not painful and basically really spun into creating events where like I'm meeting them where they're at. And those events were, you know, Pilates classes, cooking classes, fill in the blank of something you would like to do after work. You know, it's going and like seeing like the cutest new rooftop bar, taking a cute Insta and like them learning about something too. You know, it's like a little bit of an all-in-one. So that's where it sort of really wrapped from. And to like add into that some of the motivation on my end as well was that I did want to be politically engaged in some regard outside of, you know, just reading the news, taking action where I could and whatnot. I wanted something else. And every time I tried to join something in the city, I just, it wasn't a fit. Like it was a lot older. You really had to know which candidate you wanted. You're really more supporting someone full heartedly from the, you know, from the bat. And I was like, I don't know who I want to support yet. I don't know enough about this whole platform and so many different things. And I want to learn more before I like take that action. And there wasn't really any of that sort of like in between. So that's where we really like jumped in to make that happen and make it easier for people to ask questions and learn about it. And if it's less scary and therefore more approachable and so on, and more people will do it and more people tell their friends to do it because it's cool and they're doing it. And so It's a little bit of like, you know, the Regina George effect. You know, Regina George (laughs) more blah blah blah, to what is that phrase? You know, when she wears the shirt. Oh yes. What is that? The cutout shirt. Yes. And like that's sort of like our strategy, you know? And it works. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's sort of the founding story. Did I did I get everything? I think that was it. I think you got it. There you go.
0: That is amazing. And I love that Maddie just ended up shooting her shot and joining you along the way. And now yeah. look at you guys, an amazing <laughs> team. Um, and so we mentioned earlier that your three main sort of engagement channels are the events, the podcast and the active digital channel. So can you talk a little more about each of those and you know what
3: people can expect to see from them? Totally. So the events sort of as what I just described, we have two main types of events. One are these like more bespoke events. So we figure out local businesses that are really interesting for city and are, you know, really attractive to millennials and Gen Z. And we look to pair that activity with a political activity as well. So a panel, QA, bring in those experts, provide that expertise and those question moments from, you know, the people participating and make it about something very basic. And basic can be good, right? In so many levels. And starting at that base is what is gerrymandering? What is voting? How do I register to vote? You know, all those questions where like you feel like overwhelmed or feel too stupid to ask, but you want to know the answer. That's where we're making those questions hurt. So that's sort of like type A, type B for our events, also this new campaign that we have, which is pregame and politics. We did our first one this fall. We'll be doing another one this spring. And as you can imagine, it is literally combining pregaming and politics. So <laughs> we've got a panel, we're chatting all the things politics, but we are also playing drinking games and getting into it and really making it, you know, a fun time. And look, like we all love to pregame, we might as well like learn something along the way. So that's where we sort of, you know, combine forces there. So I'd say that's where our events contingent. And then we've got the podcast, which I'll hand over to Maddie because she is all things podcast.
2: Yeah, I mean, the podcast, again, just spurred from COVID and not being able to, you know, to go after those events. But at the same time, like that mission, um, the mission of Girl in the Gov, I think, you know, regardless of the times is is needed and having, you know, a podcast or, you know, a show or some type of media resource to like learn about politics or get your news for young people it's just like almost non-existent at this point or uh, before us um (laughs) so you know that's that's really where it stemmed from and um we launched it about like a month before the 2020 election so i was also very needed i think for people to kind of like it was huge election lots on the line i think everyone was kind of ready to vote because of all the stakes were so high and so we really want to take advantage of that and be a resource for people to not only like learn about all the crazy news that was going on, but really break down the issues that um, really affect everyone's day to day that they don't really realize. And it comes down to like who you vote for down the ballot, which ballot can be really intimidating. um, Obviously it was a presidential election, but there were elections happening down to your local level. And I think, Um, we really tried to highlight all of that um then and then since then we've been just having such amazing guests on just cover every possible issue you can think of and just the political world, there is no end to what can be talked about. So um it's been really great and we our guests have been just like the backbone and just our bread and butter for sure, because they've been so amazing and simplifying everything we have our I have a stupid question segment where we kind of ask and break down the questions that like people similar to what Sam said that what is gerrymandering all the things that like you kind of hear a lot in the political space but like don't know or maybe you heard it in a college course or something um it doesn't always stick because it's usually not taught in a way that's um relatable and digestible in the way that we're trying to do it so trying to break it down as simply as possible. And our guests have done an amazing job of helping us do that. So that's kind of where where we're at with the podcast. And um, yeah, I mean, then also there's just like the other kind of digital channels we're talking about too, is just social media and keeping the messaging going, keeping the learning going on Instagram, on TikTok, um, and just trying to reach as many people and get as many people engaged via digital channels of all sorts.
3: So that's, that's where it lands right now. Yeah. And to add to like sort of the digital channel element is we do have this brand ambassador program, which is very much attached to it with this larger goal of really getting more young people, especially women into roles in politics. So through that, you know, particular platform, we have our own Slack channel on virtual events where they're able to connect with some of our guests and also other experts in the political space for very intimate, you know, conversations about how they got there, you know, what they can do to get there themselves what those paths actually really look like. And so now on our own feeds, we're also trying to highlight that for everyone as well, not just your brand ambassadors. So we have a behind the scenes feature, which really goes literally behind the scenes of someone's, you know, day-to-day in a particular political role, like keeping up with the candidates, you know, IG live series. So if you want to get to know the candidates, you can get that 15-minute snapshot of like, okay, like this is who they are. This is what their, you know, day-to-day looks like, this is what you need to know. So we'll continue to have more of these, you know, fun, but also like informative sections launching over the course of, you know, months and of course the, you know, years to come, but they, you know, really overall are trying to not just inform people and get people engaged, but also try and get people interested in careers in politics. And I think a lot of people really don't understand how many roles in politics there are. Like everyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to run for office. And that's the only, you know, job I can do. And it's like, let me tell you, no, (laughs) it's not that, you know, there's so much. So that's, That's sort of the the tale we're leading on at the moment.
1: Maddie. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that you guys consider your guests on your podcast to be sort of the backbone, because like you said, you guys have had some really amazing guests. So I am curious if you have any tips for conducting outreach and shooting your shot. I mean, I feel like you're a professional at shooting your shot now that we know (laughs) the whole backstory. Um, And just like networking with some of the biggest names in politics.
2: Yeah. I mean, me and Sam talk about it all the time. Like it is a numbers game and you need to just shoot your shot as much as you can. I think um, as much you you can, you know, there's, they, there will be people that stick and we are honestly kind of facing that now we're getting some of our first um, national level Congress people on the show soon, and it's just been a year plus of just going after it and outreach and consistency and following up is also huge. um and so, yeah, I mean, and I think this is just like really applicable across life, um obviously, like not just with work stuff, but like I shot my shot with Sam and like where we are. Um, so I always kind of push out there to people and suggest that like, if you're curious, if you want to learn more from somebody, if you like what somebody's doing, it doesn't have to be like, hey, like, want to work together, but just like shoot your shot and let somebody know like you're a huge fan of what they're doing or that you're really impressed by what they're doing or inspired by it. Um, you never know where it can land. And, um, you know, a lot of the time too, like throughout the past year plus, we've been doing this podcast. Also, the connections like we've made, like, one person can has been like connecting us with a whole range of new people and like some of those connections we've made and worked with have been so like just given us the world honestly with some of these connections like we can't believe it. some of these people who um just became kind of fans of what we're doing and um from there just gave us a plethora of opportunities and guests and um so always 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 shoot your shot do it
1: You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take.
3: There it is. It's true. It's true. And I also think that what's important too, it's, you know, like Maddie said, some of the, you know, connections that we have made have also been really fruitful for us. And I think part of that too, is also being generous with the connections you make as well. So like, yeah, you know, if we hear of opportunities, we put those opportunities in connection with the people that we think are going to be a fit or might even just want to consider, you know, that opportunity. We're always networking also on behalf of our own friends and our own connections as well. And I think it's, you know, it can't just be a one-way street. It's something that's got to be all over the place. You know, you've got to give to get.
2: Yeah. Offering help in any way. I mean, that's kind of how I first slid in with Sam was to offer help or just let her know I was interested. And then from there um, it grew. And I think that's definitely been a theme for us overall with outreach um, across the board is like, We would love to even just chat with you, learn more from you. And then from there, like you grow that connection and then opportunities come from it. So,
0: I'm like, not me copying your email outreach template. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Let
0: us know. Um, Do it. Yeah. And. You know, like what you mentioned too is people love to talk about themselves also. Like it's human nature. People love to talk about themselves, what they're doing, how they got there. So even just giving people that opportunity, I feel like is always an easy way to kind of resonate with people. Um, And I'm curious if you think back to just like your whole journey with Girl in the Gov, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned or a thing that you realized um, through building this brand? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why
2: I just immediately think of. we have like a running list of like things we want to like put into a book one day of just all the crazy shit that's happened. So there's there's that bucket of things and then there's like actual good lessons I can translate for everybody. But I need to just think about it. Sam, I don't know if you have an answer ready to go.
3: Yeah, the one that I'm thinking of particularly that is absolutely going in this book is this particular platform that we use when we first started, which we've like nicknamed the Tinder of (laughs) podcasts. I won't like throw them under the bus. They are like actually a great platform. It's just like, okay, so basically, let me give the premise. So the premise is that you like are listed on this, you know, website. And there are a few of these out there. This particular one is not the only, you know, game in town and basically the idea is you connect with other podcasters you do pod swaps you can like do different collabs and like it gets you you know sort of a better directory of podcasts because we all know as podcaster, like apple podcasts like great for actually listening to the show spotify same thing but really hard to like find new podcasts on. yeah like research where. Really, so. <sighs> yeah. totally like just oh so we're like, okay, we're like exploring it. And like, you know, sort of like trying to like have conversations and things can be like such smoke and mirrors. And we connected with this, like one guy that was, I can't believe I'm telling this story. I'm going to translate. It was just so funny in the moment too. But basically this guy was like in his basement and he was like one podcast listener. We had thought we, we totally thought it was a different podcast. And then he wanted to do collaborations. And at this point we just hadn't like developed our ability to say no oh no and so we like had this like very weird call with like this guy that was in his mom's basement it was so sweet it was so sweet and then he, he was, was posting so on he made an instagram just yeah he to be able to promote our podcast he
2: so
3: <laughs> and then he had but, like two followers and it was just posted to us it was very weird um this poor man Anyways, he meant really well. But long story short, we learned to but we have out. actual lessons
2: learned <laughs> and challenges as well, I promise. <laughs> I, I I could go too because I think um just overall, like starting a business and being your own boss comes with so many challenges. And I think that's something I always kind of fall back on when I think of like challenges I face and like what we've overcome. I mean, transitioning from like any type of traditional like even from school like you have always have some type of authoritative figure telling you what to do and how to do it and you go get it done and that's how it goes and when you transition into having your own business you not only have to do those things for yourself and hold yourself accountable to do them but you also have to figure out what needs to be done um and that's really hard to do because it seems sometimes like there are a million things that need to be done and you have to kind of like figure out what needs to be done now and prioritize different things and then ultimately then get yourself to follow through and finish it um so i think that's definitely a challenge that i've had among a ton of others um there's so much like positive and really amazing things that have come from like doing your own thing and starting your own business and being your own boss but It definitely comes with its challenges challenges that you're just not like used to or really like groomed to do your whole life when you get thrown in there and you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to edit a podcast and learn how to edit a podcast and video and do social media and also do marketing and a business plan and business development and advertising. It's just like, there's so much, so much to do. But um, yeah, I think that ultimately kind of similar to Sam's point earlier, like, when you love what you're doing, it really is worth it. And it becomes, and it's, there's not a day, like, I wake up and I'm, like, stressed or, like, well, that's not true. <laughs> not stressed, but, like, you know, sometimes you have, like, a Sunday and You're like, oh, I have to yeah. go back to my corporate job tomorrow. Like, there's never those feelings. It's always exciting to, like, get to work, which is kind of crazy. But, yeah, I think it's it's just a battle to sometimes to
3: to get all the things done it feels like it's never ending sometimes yeah especially because it's like you're wearing all of the hats mm-hmm. like there's and so it's like you have to be able to transition between all of those minds there could be a day where you're like I'm totally just going to focus on writing xyz thing that like you know literally you know contracts and agreements that you're going to do behind the scenes and that totally zaps your creative brain by doing that but you're like shoot we have to yeah. create all these posts we have to do all this other stuff too and you're like okay, I have to like, somehow, you know, we have to kick it into some other gear to be able to be like, okay, we're tired, but we've got to keep doing this. And I think that is definitely hard. You know, you don't have the ability, you know, necessarily to tap from so many different people, you don't have, you know, a team of 10 people, being able to delegate to you know you're sort of just delegating between you know ourselves and we're like all right yeah. <laughs> which per- which you know role is like coming in it's like okay accountant over here coming in today like yeah. lawyer sam <laughs> like there's always yeah. something so yeah
1: so then i am curious on the flip side what the best part about starting girl in the gov has been
2: Oh, wow!, uh... I just like doing work that I mean again, i working in politics has always been really fulfilling for me, but on top of that now, like doing that and that passion that I already have and doing that work is definitely still extremely fulfilling, but being able to like build something of your own is like there's no words for how that feels. I think that's what really makes it worth it every day as kind of crazy as it can be and as stressful as it is of like i have to learn how to do this task now okay um <laughs> i'm gonna work all night tonight okay so there's just always it just always becomes worth it and i think that again not just like every day wake up and being like let's go i'm ready to do this because it's just like it's like a little baby you're just like happy to raise it and um it gets really exciting
3: yeah no, I I agree with that, and I also think the people like we have just met yeah. the most amazing people. Like every, and I mean, obviously there's everyone's come out. There's something you're like, oh god. But like, generally speaking, this entire industry, whether it's the podcasting end of it, the political end of it, like everyone has just been so interesting to speak with. So like, so much learning from every single conversation we've had, and like honestly, we've made some like really awesome lifelong friends from it. And I think that is something that's super exciting to me because I. to work in the design industry and no hate to the design industry just wasn't for me but like i was always so confused by it i was like okay like it definitely was not my people for sure and i was always sitting there i was like how like what like what am i missing here like what is that you know that link and it was like you know the conversations i'd have i just be like yeah okay whatever like (laughs) nothing it just didn't give me anything it was not giving and then I like <laughs> bopped into politics and like literally I remember the day I left my like corporate job and I had a political event and I was like, oh my God, I found it. I absolutely found it. Like I just, yeah. every conversation I have, like I said, it's just freaking amazing and like interesting. There was never a time where I've like been able to like walk away from a conversation and not have like, whether it's a fun fact, new perspective, something, you know, to carry with me and think about every single time. And I think that- yeah is really, really valuable and just been really exciting and rewarding. And I hope, you know, the conversations we continue to have really reflect sort of, you know, that, that moment.
2: Yeah. Everyone is like, it's a really tight knit space being in politics. Like a lot of people know, I come to everyone knows everyone in a way, but it's also for the most part, definitely preface this. Like it's really just a lot of people wanting to do really good work and like make an impact. And I think that makes it so fulfilling as well. And I will also add To my answer, and I'm sure this definitely Sam would probably take this as well, but the listeners and the feedback we've gotten has been unbelievable. Like, you know, people reaching out and telling us how much they needed this and how inspired they are, like, that is absolutely priceless. And it's been just every DM we've ever had, every comment, um has just been amazing. And I think those are some of the best moments as well.
0: We're going to kind of shift into how our listeners can kind of take everything that you guys do at Girl in the Gov into their day-to-day life, whether it's getting more into politics, doing that learning. And so we talked about earlier how you know, we definitely agree that politics and being politically active needs a rebrand. So what are some ways that you would suggest our listeners incorporate politics into their, their routines, whether it's listening to Girl on the Gov or now that you are kind of more, um, you know, more into the scene, like what are your favorite ways to keep informed and just curious to
3: hear from the experts? Yeah. Well, obviously the podcast. <laughs> dare, we, dare we, You know, obvi- you know, put that out there. But I think what's like nice about the podcast is that we really frame the interviews in a way where you can go back and listen to them time and time again. You obviously have the news section sort of at the end of it, which we do on purpose so that like you don't have to go through the weeds going through the news if you decide to go back to a topic at a later date. You can really just go to the interview, which is super great. And those interviews, you know, it's an hour a week. An hour a week honestly gives you so much more than you already, you know, were probably doing, right? Yeah. So That is a part of your regular routine. Wednesdays, drop them in the mornings. Go on with your bad self and, you know, have yourself a podcast Podcast
2: walk. walk. There it
3: is.
2: (laughs) But there are honestly, too, just like so many amazing resources. And I think that doing this podcast and the connections we've made um, have opened my eyes to like so many people doing really amazing work of like similar missions of really just like trying to break down politics and make it easier for people to digest across the board whether it's time to go vote and you need to have a breakdown of what is on your ballot and what it all means there's a resource for that also like we have like an actual long list like we could go forever so we can also if you guys want we could give you a list of things that you can push out to your listeners but Um, we have, there's so many amazing newsletters and just amazing people we've connected with who are doing really awesome work, just trying to give people kind of like circling back to this political routine conversation. Like there are really some amazing resources out there now that can provide you with a really awesome and easy and quick political routine to just stay informed every day or every week or however much you have time for it. So yeah, we can we can push those out there for you guys. Um, and make sure everyone is
3: equipped with everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And to add to that, we also have on our Girl Only Gov the podcast Instagram a highlight reel of activist influencers. Some of them, like honestly, are like don't like to call themselves influencers, but like they are. Mm-hmm. Sorry to break it to them. Nonetheless, they are a great, you know, resource for particular, you know, political uh subsex, niches, etc, cetera. So, you know, if for example, civil rights is like your vibe, there's, you know, an influencer, activist influencer in there that will handle that. Or, you know, if climate change is more like your speed, you know, there are people within that realm that are really, you know, taking taking the realms there and taking the realms, taking the reins. Oh my God. <laughs> taking the realms. Yeah, just just taking land everywhere. Just like it <laughs> regardless. They're taking the reins apparently. So we highly recommend, you know, checking out that highlight, we continue to, you know, add those throughout the weeks. So as we find, you know, more and more people that are really highlighting an issue, that's a great way to find out more. We also on our Instagram highlight a lot of different organizations, some that have, you know, connections to people that we have on the podcast, others that we find along the ways or feel like we really want to, you know, uplift their message. So we recommend definitely following both of those accounts. We have a feature called get to know and it really is sort of a A one, two, three behind the scenes of what they are, what they do, why it's important to understand what their mission is, and you know how to activate some of their action items. So you try and really make sure it's siloed to what they're doing specifically. So if it's you know Emily's list, for example, and Emily's list has an action item, that post is dedicated to what is relevant there. You know if it's something that's related to 18 by vote and its voter pre-registration. You know, that's another one where it's really zeroed in on that particular mission. So I think that's a great spot to really check in and see, you know, see what we're posting, see what action items we're also throwing out there. And of course, we would be absolutely ridiculous not to tap the following. And one is a podcast host, or sorry, podcast guest that you guys have had previously, which is Emma Hockner's Catalyst 20, which is an awesome newsletter coming out on Mondays, action names galore. And our friend Sky, who's also the host of Politics New York, which is a really awesome uh, platform where they interview candidates in New York State and New York City running for office. They get the nitty gritty in three minutes or less. And that three minutes is like really more about the personas behind those running for office, which is really, really fun. You kind of like get to know them and it's like, oh my God, like, wow, you're a vegetarian? Like, interesting, (laughs) new uh, type of vibe on them. So highly recommend those two. They're easy breezy. And I will also recommend now I'm on this roll as one other mm-hmm. podcast. I'm sure a lot of listeners ready listen to it, but it is such a classic. And that is the daily from the New York times mm-hmm. dives into, you know, a particular issue really, you know, hot and heavy. And some of their reporting is just absolutely phenomenal. So it is a little bit more obviously yes. on the serious tone, but they do do a great job of asking questions in a very clean cut way mm-hmm. that makes you, you know, feel like you can understand some of the most complex like global issues and I think that's yeah. where they really take the cake is the global issues so I'm like Ukraine what like yeah. and they figure <laughs> it out so
0: Michael Bobaro is my actual father so yeah Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm a and Michael Bobaro stand first and a human second
2: yeah love him. oh my god
3: he's <laughs> the cutest I love him <laughs> yeah I'm like him and like Steve Kornacki and like I know they have different roles in this moment but like <laughs> Steve Kornacki and his khakis I'll never get over him but he's like in the same vibe to me like it's just wait, wait I also I'll, I'll pack.
2: I also don't think I've ever seen a picture of Michael Mara but like I know his voice inside and out and if I were <laughs> to hear him walking down the street I'd know it's him but I actually don't know what he looks like now nah, I'm curious I'm gonna look at it up. I'm like not everyone
0: <laughs> looking up a picture right yeah. now.
2: <laughs> Wait, I need to see right now. Well, while you look that up,
1: I do want to talk a little bit about um, mm,
2: a no, lot I'm of, a uh,
1: really, um, so a lot of Girl in the Gov sort of brand and um, mission revolves around the fact that Gen Zers and millennials tend to be very opinionated, but they're not really turning out to vote. So where do you think that disconnect between being politically opinionated, but not actually turning out comes from? And how can we start to work to fix it?
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, first of all, just historically, like, young people have always had lower turnouts, doesn't matter what the generation is. Um, but, you know, kind of just looking at millennials and Gen Z specifically, I just think, you know, now more than ever, there is just, like, that lack of resource and lack of learning that um, allows people to really understand issues enough to, like, be really energized about them to ultimately go vote. I think there's also a huge disconnect of, like, the actual just logistical ways you need to, like, register, know where your polling place is, know how to vote and get out to vote, learn what's on your ballot. There's just so much that goes into it that, and there's a lot of hurdles that have always been there for young people. And it's, we, we always say this, and it's actually what our first ever viral TikTok um, happened because um, it's really intentional for young people to not really be getting the information or not being reached as much um, from people in power, really. Because when young people don't vote, it helps a certain side and it's just kind of the hard truth. And right now we're even seeing across the country, different voter suppression bills being passed that do target young people, especially students. Um, So there's always kind of been this, just a lot of blockages and a lot of um, just hurdles for young people to not only vote, but to just like really be informed. Um, And unfortunately it's pretty intentional. So we're trying to change that. Um, But I think really some ways to combat it is obviously like there are so many amazing resources popping up now. And I think kind of the Trump administration was a big catalyst for that. Obviously, catalyst for Girl the Gov, catalyst for a lot of people, catalyst for Catalyst 20. Um, But (laughs) there's so many resources now. And I think as much as we can push that out to people and telling your friends, I think politics is also such like a peer pressure situation. The more you talk with your friends about it and push them and kind of make it the cool thing to do, it really can go so far. And I think we even saw that in 2020 with the amount of movement from even like celebrities and just kind of like people pushing it out there all the time to go vote, register all the things. We had one of the highest voter turnouts of all time in 2020. So the more that we can do that and push out these messages of how important it is and how much is on the line, then we can get people to turn out. But it's just important to keep that going and not just when trump's in office but now this year there's midterm elections and they're i think just as crucial um v. wade is on the line climate change is on the line voting rights are on the line there's so much so much to do and um we can't take our foot off the gas just because like there's not a crazy man in office anymore so as much as you can tell your friends that it can do so much so that was a long-winded answer but there's a lot to that (laughs) to that question but I hope I did it justice.
3: Yeah. And I think there's also sort of this like long-standing culture change and we're hopefully really a part of it. And I think, you know, think about like your parents and what they've like probably told you, like, okay, you go on your first date, don't bring up religion. Don't bring up politics. Like, Oh God, like don't rock the boat. And I think 2016 really started changing that culture and shifting it for the better where, you know, Gen Z and millennials, they do have a lot of opinions, but now there are becoming more, organizations and more platforms in which they can actually use that voice. So I know a lot of people always have an issue with social media. They're definitely, let me tell you, it's got its issues. I will not be the, you know, the person that dies on the hill of God bless social media. But it has provided really, you know, that catalyst for conversations to emerge and for organizations and companies like ours to sort of get out there and reframe those conversations and make it a little bit easier to take that opinion. And show them that next step so I think a lot of times this is actually kind of like a grievance we often have with you know get out the vote organizations is oftentimes they get out the vote you know they get people to register and then once they're registered there's no hand holding after that so say that person goes to that poll that one time that one election where is that organization supporting and pushing those people out to the polls that next election they're not because that person's already registered they feel like they've done their job check mark etc so we want to really be in that position where we are making sure that those next steps and those action items across the board like are there you're not just sort of like left to the wayside and you know added to a you know a list or you know you're a number or whatever after you've registered to vote or you know participated in one election so i think that also doesn't help things is there's usually with young people sort of this big push of Okay. Yes, we've got you registered, and then it's like, okay, congrats, see ya, and nothing else ever happens with it. So, I think that really needs to change, and we're hopefully, you know, going to be a part of making that happen for 2022 and beyond.
0: I'm really glad that you brought up, you know, the more like old school mentality of like, don't talk about these controversial things at dinner. Um, And I think I'm, you know, I'm really curious to ask you guys. Obviously, we're at a super polarized point in U.S. politics, and I was curious if you had any tips on how to talk about politics, how to bring it up with your friends, how to bring it up with your family, um, because it can be a really tough thing. And people are so opinionated and on such opposite sides of the political spectrum sometimes. And yeah. so where do you suggest people like find common ground or like go about that conversation? Okay.
3: okay so I have this question. weird like strategy and this is not a one shoe, a one shoe fits all. What is with my phrases tonight? Like one, one size fits all. I'm just coming up with new things. This is actually one a new language. <laughs> Maybe, you like know, it's Cinderella. like Manny Melville. <laughs> okay. So if you're like in a situation, you're like really don't know where anyone kind of stands. I call this like the blitz. And this is honestly, this works for like dating anything. If you roll up to a conversation Having like a news story or something like just popped on your phone, you automatically have something to sort of say, be like, Oh my God, did you see insert? Mm. Right. And then you automatically see the reaction to it. And from that reaction, you can figure out what your next steps are. You can figure out, okay, maybe we need to diffuse or we need to walk away from this. Maybe I need to, you know, step away and think about a new way to approach this. But you at least sort of get there, even if it's just their facial reactions or how they try and avoid it or how they try and engage, you get something to work with. Without putting your own opinion out there first. And I think knowing the temperature of the room, reading the room is so important. And that gives you the strength to have that conversation in the right way. So I called the Blitz. I'm sure I can get workshops. We can figure something out that's a little (laughs) bit cuter, but nonetheless, that is one recommendation that I do have.
2: Yeah, um, there's a lot to this. um, But I think just we always talk about productive communication and how important it is to not like come after politi- politics can be so heated for so many people and it shouldn't be a like us versus them conversation. That's always how it's painted and how it looks right now. But um, really trying to like be open minded and find common ground as much as possible and communicate productively, meaning like When it does get heated, or if something sparks like a fire inside of you, where you just want to like scream, like step away, step away from the conversation, table it. Um, I think that's always okay to do. And I think another thing is like don't act like you know everything, and nobody does. Um, And I think a lot of times in politics, we just try and like grasp at straws to try and make a point, and that's not the healthiest thing to do. Um, I think encouraging people who you disagree with um, and vice versa to table a conversation and go do some more research and then let's talk about it or like make it just healthier communication again when you feel I think everyone knows that like fiery pit in your stomach when you're having these conversations like it's time to probably step away we also say to not um, you know be drunk and talking about politics always helpful Um, (laughs) but (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot of of that but productive communication as much as possible keeping a level head and an open mind um I think can go a really long way so
1: I'm like not me using all this to validate talking about politics on all my first dates love that (laughs) I'm
2: gonna keep (laughs) doing it I know we we both have like horror stories about talking about it because it's like what we it's like our career so we're like it immediately brings the conversation up on dates and then It's kind of a good litmus test, though. Like, it either goes really bad or they're like super into it. But if it goes really bad, then you're like, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like red flag. (laughs) See you later. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can relate to that because I work in climate. And so, like, it's it's a pretty quick uh, indication of if people are on board or not when you say (laughs) what you do. So, yeah, totally. Well, I think we're coming up towards the end of this episode, and one thing that we always like to ask our listeners, and we know this is a super loaded question, but what is one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this episode today, if there was just one thing? Um,
2: I mean, we can bring it back and say shoot your shot. I think just <laughs> overall, like, obviously it's not really political but maybe sam if you think of a political one i'll think of like a businessy um, life one that will be our life one is that like shoot your shot reach out to people um i think obviously in this COVID era that's a scary thing for a lot of people it always has been but probably especially now for a lot of people um break that ice and side and you never know what could happen um and just let people know when you love what they're doing i think seriously that can go so far, maybe you know, you don't get something in exchange for it right away, but building those relationships can do so much for you just in life or with your career. Um, so go after it. Slide on in.
3: <laughs> Coming from the queen of sliding in herself. This is gonna be like your new, you're gonna like change your insta handle. I just see it. Just like expert yeah. for like DM slide or something. I think really, you know, a good takeaway is this is this is 2022. We have a lot of elections on the line, like Maddie was saying earlier, and they are all over the place. They are national, they are state, they are local, et cetera. Look at who is running near you. It does not take very long. Ballotopedia will give you the scoop in one, two, three. It is easy as pie. And so I think my really big takeaway is obviously, you know, tune in with us. We, you know, will help continue to break down, you know, those barriers and explain politics at every level and hopefully you know ask all of the stupid questions you have please slide into our dms and share those questions with us as well we are happy to ask them in any which way but i think really make sure you are engaged locally see just who's on the ballot you'll never know honestly some of the campaign videos are like garps oh my god i can't speak today <laughs> garbage no dumpster fire level insane and funny and like i hate to say it but like I'm telling you, the tea is great. So like highly recommend it. But also some of them are really inspiring and really awesome. And those are the ones definitely to you know, that should be the takeaway more than anything is there are some really amazing people running for office at every level. And they need the fundraising help. They need the volunteering help. If you know, maybe you're thinking about like, I want to volunteer more in my community, consider a political campaign. You know, that's a really great option. great way to do it. Totally. And get your friends involved. You never, yeah. you never know. Like you could honestly, cute IG pic, well-volunteering. we love to see it. Matching masks, yeah. <laughs> let's go. So I think big takeaway overall though is see what's going on locally and check in politically. This is the year to do it. It's always the year to do it, but especially like this midterm year is going to be wild. So everyone needs to definitely, you know, buckle up with their political hats on and get ready to roll. You could slide into DMs as well for any political questions you guys have
2: or Looking into twenty twenty two, and you're like, "Oh shit! I did not know there was elections this year." And you have a ton of questions. Feel free to DM us. We're happy to answer all of them and give you any resource you need. So, um, combining those two answers, there you go. <laughs> Love
0: that.
2: Um, and then, how can your listeners or how
1: can our listeners find you and get involved with Girl in the Gov?
2: All right, here are the plugs. Um, so, our podcast comes out every wednesday and you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts spotify apple all the places i know there's a long list i don't know all of them off the top of my head but we're there um tiktok we are girl in the gov um instagram we are a girl in the gov and we have a girl on the gov the podcast instagram as well um those are all kind of connected so if you forgot one just Find one of us and you'll be able to connect to everything else. Um, our website is com as well. We have a bunch of more information on us and what we're doing. And basically all the info is there as well. So that's also a good place to, to start. And then from there, if you want to deep dive, there's plenty of places to go. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. We will have all of that in the description as well. And before we say goodbye, we have a quick game of this or that to play. We do this with all of our guests. They have not seen the questions. So it's going to be a real candid rapid fire response. Um, And I thought I was really funny because I drafted the first one as capitalism or socialism, but I'm not actually going to ask you that.
2: So (laughs) (laughs) that would get us in trouble for sure.
0: Yeah. Yep. The first one is actually would you rather have a 99% chance to win 100K or a 50 50 chance to win 10 million?
3: First one. Yeah. First one. I like I'm the also the most indecisive
2: person <laughs> on Earth. So this game is going to be really interesting for me. But yeah, I would go with the first. Same. Love it.
1: So then the second one is startup life or corporate life?
2: Startup life, startup life. Let's go. It's definitely rough uh, on the bank account, but um, it's (laughs) worth it
0: every day. Love that. This next one is really intense. Prepare yourselves. French fries or onion rings? French fries.
3: This is a this is a tough question.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) I feel
3: like it really. I feel like it really depends on the batter. You know, like mm-hmm. what if it's like, it's too, like, friedy? You know what? It's like just like over fried and then it's like mm-hmm. not good, but like once like the perfect crisp, but... oh, guys, this really put me in a, in a pickle. <laughs> I'm going to go with onion rings just because like I haven't had them forever. So therefore, like, it just sounds better to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's no question. Uh, that's I perfect. feel like
0: when onion rings are bad, they're really bad, but when yeah. they're good, they're really good. So it's more of a risk but more of a reward at the same time.
3: Yeah. So true. <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. I, I also it.
3: grew up eating onions so Oh, my favorite oh, snack. That makes less. sense. That <laughs> makes
2: <laughs> sense.
1: So the next one is live somewhere that's warm and comfortable all year round or experience every season. We
2: literally are <laughs> well, Sam likes warm weather, right? But I live in California, so I think we you know my answer. Definitely like I like the you know, it's not warm all year round and there's still some seasons, but it's like good stable weather. That's what I love about it. So definitely first.
3: I like struggle with this because I really hate cold weather. Like it really like it's it's not for me, but like I love New York and I love New England and like I just will probably never like live anywhere else. Like maybe maybe I'll be like super rich and have a home elsewhere. But like I can't take myself like out of that vibe. So like I guess I'm choosing all seasons, but like I would be happy without winter. And that's just being like even honestly three seasons. I'd be happy with three seasons. Like Mm -hmm. summer is the best obviously, but like fall has its like great things, but then fall gets sad because then you're like, well winter's gonna come after and I'm gonna have frostbite and my outfits are going to be not as cute. So struggle anyway.
0: It is tough. I don't know what I would say. I guess I would probably say all seasons because some holidays just don't feel right when it's warm. But, That's fair. Um, the last one is, would you rather never get to wear your favorite color or only get to wear your favorite color? <laughs> I would say um. never
2: because like, I don't really wear my favorite color that much. But mm. you know, like my favorite color, I don't fully incorporate into my fashion as much. Well, what is it? You're leaving us on such a cliffhanger. My, no, my favorite color is like <laughs> blue, and okay. I don't have okay. very many like blue pieces. And I feel like I'm more of like a neutrals girl. Lots of black.
3: Okay. Um, I respect it. So I don't. Okay, so this let me there. God forbid I have a simple answer. <laughs> I don't know what my favorite color is right now, which is like really throwing this question. I mm. grew up with it being purple. And oh. now I'm, now it's like not. Like it's definitely not that. Like I still like, I respect the color. I mean, color of royalty, we got to love it. But like I, sometimes it's pink, sometimes it's green. like I just don't have a favorite right now. So I feel mm. iffy on it. But I'm going to go with not wearing it. I guess. Have you ever seen
0: that uh, mm. that meme that like people that like purple are like different? <laughs> <laughs> There's like this meme that like people that love purple are just like really extreme. Like other people say that they <laughs> like colors, but people that like purple are like insane. Are into purple are insane.
3: <laughs> that tracks. That that, tracks.
0: Fits. <laughs> that definitely fits. you can't tell by now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like, not to end on a roast here, but I think that is the end of this episode. <laughs> Honestly, so, does God. it make
3: it better if it's lavender? That does make it better, yeah. Okay, It yeah. was yeah. more of like a
2: roast. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that was the best way to end is roasting them. That's also very, very on right? brand. It's very on brand. <laughs>
0: We just want to say thank you so, so much to Sam and Maddie for being our guests today. We had so much fun with this conversation, and I know that our listeners are really going to benefit from everything that Girl in the Gov is doing. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks
3: thank for, having for having us. Having this us. is so fun. So fun. And obviously, can't wait to continue the conversation
1: yes for sure and as far as everything that we talked about today all the resources will be linked down below as well as our instagram at two degrees hotter um make sure to leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts for us and for girl in the gov podcast uh it really helps both of our shows out (laughs) and i think that's all the housekeeping items for today so with that we will chat with you guys next tuesday bye everyone